Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Woo-wee! It's a brand new, completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, April 8th, 2015. Alongside bespeckled Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I am Pat Country, we're your party hosts for this new CU podcast. We'll be <laughs> talking about YouTube subscriptions officially coming this year with some details. The Hyperkin Smart Boy announced. Uh, Nintendo Direct announcing several fun things. Uh, Angry Joe making news with his anti-Nintendo rant. Uh, we'll be talking about the NBA 2K14 uh, or 2K14 server shutdown that wiped out player save files. Oof. Five Night at Freddy's film on the way, maybe, from Warner Brothers? We'll, eh, we'll discuss, unfortunately, WrestleMania. Uh, and and your Q&A. Ian, how is it going? Not bad. We're um, currently undertaking some pretty big projects at work, um, including, for the first time in a long time... No, I'm going to back up. When we, uh, when we price games, we tend to price games uh, on the fly. Now, some games we don't even bother to check, like common NES games, common mm-hmm. Super, common Genesis. Um, you know, uh, games for newer systems, you know, get checked regularly to make sure we're beating our competition, like GameStop and stuff like that. Literally beating them. But it's it's been ages since we've gone through all of our inventories and really looked at the prices of everything and adjusted things as need be, which means... Uh, unfortunately for consumers raising some prices, but it also means lowering a lot of prices too. Um, prices that just, you know, years later aren't holding up. Um, so we're, we're currently doing that and we are getting pretty serious about implementing an online store. I believe we're supposed to have, uh, some of our first look at code and possibly implementation at some point in May. Oh, wow. So that's I only bring that up because that's something that people ask about, you know, in um on, in the comments section and online quite frequently. A inventory system to help you out? Well, it would definitely make uh, my life easier. And then I, uh, Vani and I are going out of town tomorrow to Chicago to visit our friend Caitlin, and we're gonna go to MGC one day. I think uh, it's, that's Saturday. Um, I will be bringing buttons. I'm bringing a limited set because I don't think there's gonna be many people there who notice me. But they're pretty cool. They're all pop. It's a uh, three different pop bumper caps from Pinball Machines. It's a Paragon pop bumper, a Dracula pop bumper, and a Gorgar one. So, yeah, if you see me uh, this weekend at MGC and you want buttons, ask me. Alright, I just had a schoon Pat the NES Punk video come out last, I think last Thursday. And uh, it's gotten, you know, it's gotten some decent feedback. I haven't done one since the end of the year, the Christmas special that you co-starred in. I did. Mm-hmm. Along with Frank. And, uh, right. No, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of how it came out. I think, I think it was fun. And I already have uh, the next three in my head lined up to do. I just have to clear it and then start working on it. And plus, I got a new Ask Frank that's going to come out. I haven't had an Ask Frank in, like, yeah, January 1st or 2nd or 3rd it came out. So that's way too long to go three full months without Ask Frank. Way so too long. 
for your fans, are you planning on, like, if you've got three in your head, are you planning on knocking one out each month? Yes, or? it's going to be one a month. I, w- I want to do one a month until July, so then I can say I did seven. In the f- basically, m- the calendar year for the seasons of the NES Punk videos are, like, basically July to July. Yeah, because, so, I mean, in July, things get busier for you, too. There's more oh, yeah. conventions, there's Comic-Con. Well, that's a convention, too, but, I mean, you've, you, there's a lot usually, more. There's usually three conventions in July, which kills kills me, my energy level, you know what I mean? So maybe I'll, I'll do, like, a flea market madness. But basically, I want to do at least seven. I've never done, I mean, then again, the second year, I only did three because I moved. But seven in a year is respectable, especially since there was a couple of patches where a lot of other stuff was going on, like, beginning of the year, doing my DVD took two months out of my life of a lot of energy. Well, and you've got your Ask you know. Frank content, and you've got the podcast I, I still I still have had Flea Market Madness. Flea Market month, Madness, and, yeah. I, I There's mean... There's still stuff. There's still stuff to be... There's still fun to be had, but I'm just saying, but but the, the Pat the Angus Punk stuff is, you know, that's... People go, oh, that's what you're, you know, that's what you're not known for, but, you know, but that's at least what I... The, the creative outlet that I enjoy the most when I have a good idea, and the Schoon video, I thought, was the best ideas I've had in a while, and some, a lot of people I'm not saying this. People said this is like the best video I did in a while. You know, that's not hard hard to say, but you know, I, I I am proud of it. And it was under ten minutes, which was also fun because then I'm not spending a year editing it. It only, it only took me like three days to edit it I from start to back. I haven't seen the video, but I will give you a a quick clap for keeping it under ten minutes because I really didn't think you were going to. I mean, if I couldn't take, keep a schoon under 10 minutes, then what the hell could I keep under 10 well, minutes? Well, that was kind of my fear, is that you can't keep anything under 10 minutes. Uh, the DVD campaign, by the time you listen to this, will be closed. So thank you, everyone that purchased Pat the Indians Punk Volume 4 and or a console package, because I can clear out lots of them. Ian's probably going to be happy about that. And anything left over, I mean, I'll just dump out on Luna for, for credit. Um, so those will start being mailed out next week. Um, I, it hopefully it's going to be over 300, probably around a little bit less than what it, what it did last year, but whatever. I'm not going to question why. Maybe DVDs are going the way the dinosaur, or else, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe 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 people don't like me anymore. Um, other than that, well, did you beat last year? No. Uh, well, last well the first year it went on longer. It was actually like three months of pre-orders because it wasn't. It kept getting pushed back to yes. being finished. But last year I did 323 total, so it'll be a little bit less than last year. That's still not bad. I mean, you have to understand, you're marketing your shit to a collector's market. They're going to want a physical item. You just might do less. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm not totally complaining because I sell them when people see me at conventions. But yeah. it would be nice to do, like, a Billy and Jay do it. They they pre-sell, like, 1,200. You know, they they go do gangbusters. And I, I, I would love to get that sort of saturation. But then again, their fans are, like, really hardcore, you know, and, and wrestling marks, usually, most of them. <laughs> So, uh, this was briefly announced, or at least touched upon in the fall. I think we touched upon it in the podcast uh, at the time about YouTube thinking about having a subscription service, a monthly subscription service where people could pay to watch YouTube ad-free. And officially came out uh, today that, yeah, it's going to happen later this year. Uh, and it was the way I found out about it. Uh, was the way I guess most people found out about it that if you're a partner, you got to send an email saying, Here's the updated terms of service, and this is what's coming. And it got reported. So, what's going to happen is they haven't said when exactly, but uh, they're going to require that if you're on YouTube, you have to agree to new terms of ser- uh, service for when this gets put into place, which will be probably earliest <laughs> this summer. Uh, and we're not sure what what the amount will be. So, what, what's going to happen then is if you pay this subscription fee, you can watch YouTube ad free. Which is a cool idea. It gives you choice. Well, it only makes sense. I mean, YouTube is becoming TV for so many people. There, sure. there are lots of friends that I talk to who 
um, you know, when I ask them what they're doing tonight, it, it's not I'm watching Netflix or I'm not I'm watching TV. Uh, it's I'm watching YouTube. So it only makes sense to give them a subscription service that would give them no ads. Now, obviously, Hulu has ads, but something like Netflix at least has the decency to not bombard you. Yeah. So the, what we're going to approach this first. Is this a smart move for YouTube? Oh, definitely a smart move for YouTube. Yeah. Um, because there are people that I'm not going to get into a whole uh ad block debate about whether or not I think it's right to use it. I think it's kind of shitty if you use ad block. Well, we've but already whatever. had that debate, and I think we yeah. both fell on the side of shitty. Um, so for those people that say one of their biggest complaints is that ads are intrusive or they fuck up your browser, this is a chance to put your money where your mouth is, and okay, you've been getting this free content using ad block. Just pay the whatever amount per month to not see the ads, and then you can support the producers. It's also uh, a good idea for, for uh, YouTube because, well, I'm going to predict this is going to range anywhere from $8 to $15 a month, somewhere in there. Sure. This is very, very smart for YouTube because the amount of ad revenue generated by one person a month by randomly watching YouTube ads is never going to come close to what they're paying monthly. Never going to come close. And all that money is going to go not to the advertisers that then YouTube has get a cut of ads or Google after the fact. The money is going to go into YouTube's pocket and then split it with the producers directly. So everyone from that perspective wins. And this is the details from that, from, from the updated uh, terms. YouTube will pay you you meaning the YouTube uh, producers, 55% of the total net revenues recognized by YouTube from subscription fees that are attributable to the monthly views or watch time of your content as per percentage of the monthly views or watch time, blah, blah, blah. So basically, we're going to put all of the subscription dollars in a pot, figure out those subscription views, where have they gone to, and then evenly distribute it out, which just seems fair. Yeah. And then honestly, you know what? Uh, the, the producers win too because then they're not splitting it it looks like the money will come directly from Google to the YouTube producer. They don't have to split it through an MCM because the MCM has no basis because MCMs provide you with getting you know uh, the ads on, on your videos. That's where they take a cut usually. The standard is for them to take like 20% and you get 80 Here, they're not doing anything. So YouTube uh, is just – you're sharing the money with Google directly, which I think is great. And let's be honest though. Um, it's a good idea in theory, but I'm not sure how many people are gonna, going to actually do this because YouTube's a much younger audience, and I think, hate to say it, the younger audience is used to this being quote unquote free content. They might not want to be able to want to pay for it anyway, or just use AdBlock. So yeah, I mean, you're right. With the, I mean, it's not a, it's not necessarily a younger audience, but I think so many people are used to the way that YouTube works that they've learned to deal with it and why would they why would they pay more for it uh, my other question is if they're going to put all of this into a pot and divide it up and it sounds like it's it, it does sound like it's more favorable to uh, actual creators um, than say ad revenue um, what where does this leave the multi-channel networks then what what do they get out of it the, the, in theory I don't think they get anything which they should be a little bit scared this caught on by like wildfire but I don't think it will though if I had to predict how many people would actually do this, I'd say it'd be less than ten percent of people on YouTube would do this. I, I you, really, you, you think it'd be more? Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be high, but I think ten percent's a low estimate. Yeah, okay, well then, um, this is this is the reason why. Uh, again, if the people that are using AdBlock will, will continue to use AdBlock, you won't get that many of them to convert over. Fair. And but and plus, it's not like at least on paper, it's not like you're getting exclusive content like this is a uh, Hulu Plus. However, though, say they do, say they do a range like sort of like Netflix, where you can have DVDs and streaming to streaming. What if like eight dollars this gets you ad free, but then what if fifteen dollars a month gets you ad free and then plus exclusive YouTube content that they create just for these people? That might be something. 
Uh, they haven't. They've exp- they've dabbled with it. But then you would need those creators to be on board with this, and this is also kind of a well, not necessarily because it pays for itself. Because if YouTube creates their own content and they get a huge percentage, oh, you of, mean of YouTube the, creating their own content? YouTube creating their like own Netflix exclusive content. Netflix makes House yes, of Cards. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Sure. They've dabbled in this before. There was a Julia Stiles series that came out. I want to say three years ago, where she played like an escort and dealing with that in her life. And um, ten things I hate about you, man. That, was she an escort in that one? A high school escort? No, um, my but anyway, so movie. it came out, and I guess YouTube discovered that we can't really make our money back, because even if this thing gets 5 million views per episode, that's not going to cover production costs. Sure. It's not going to cover production costs making back five or 10000 per per episode. That doesn't, co- that doesn't cover it. But, but subscription and this then holding, would, yes. Because if they charge $15 a month, let's just say in theory, and then um, say 50% of the people get it just for that whatever that exclusive content here all the views or a ton of views from that pot will go towards that exclusive content right. and then it's still fair YouTube's put up the money they're getting it back through that it's a smart way to do it if and I think you'll see that maybe maybe you'll see uh, maybe it'll only be five bucks a month and then eight bucks and then 15 for exclusive I, I like this idea a lot um, especially since it's not YouTube will never be only subscription based because then they'll lose a huge chunk of their audience and then the whole thing would collapse under its own weight because it's, it's based upon oh, advertisers yeah. um so yeah, uh, there's a June 15th date, which just references when the terms of agreement will go into effect. So that means that's the earliest that this would actually happen, sure. when that would be rolled out. But no, I think it's a great idea for everyone. The MCMs, they might be out of luck, um, the, the big MCMs. But again, I don't think they'll really feel the pinch. Because honestly, um, in terms of ad fill rates, it's not like every time you watch a YouTube video, you get an ad, ad anyway. So YouTube's probably put that in consideration as well, that, well, we're going to, from those people anyway... They figured this out, YouTube. They're, 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 Google's not losing money on this, for sure. No. They figured out they're not going to lose money on this. No. I want to talk about Hyperkin, which is a company that I love to hate. <laughs> hate to love? Makers I, of the Retron 5. Hate to love, love to hate. I don't I don't know where I stand with Hyperkin. Um, some of their products are utter trash. Um, that's really putting me out there, because they supply to us um and some of them are great i i mean I've, I've said it before i say it to customers all the time i really don't think that the retron 5 is uh, a big piece of shit it just depends on who wants it and what they need i think it's convenient i haven't had too many huge complaints about it no personally. i mean i don't besides the one that was dead on arrival sure i don't love it i don't need one but i think it's it, it's it's perfectly suited for a large audience so anyways on April Fool's Day, Hyperkin kind of released this this joke, um, and it was called the Smart Boy. What's the actual name? Smart Boy. Um, and what it is is it's a little dock for your iPhone 6s that uh, basically turns it into a uh, Game Boy or a Game Boy Color, and there's a cartridge slot on the back. You get you get the control pad, you get the button, start and select. Right. So you get all the tactile <laughs> controls, which is nice. Um, like I said, it started as an April Fool's joke, and apparently people actually wanted it, so now they're going to try to make it. Or or maybe they as a teaser, maybe they always had it planned. Well, as a way to kind of, as they said, kind of, I think they actually state directly, it was meant to gauge interest in the idea. Sure. Um, I gotta be honest with you, fucking dumb. Um, why would you buy an accessory... For your smartphone, your expensive smartphone, why would you share the battery life with your expensive smartphone just to play Game Boy and Game Boy Color games when, by the looks of it, 
it's going to take up almost as much space as just buying a Game Boy and playing Game Boy games on it. I, it just seems silly to me. I mean, it depends upon the price point. If this if this thing costs only twenty twenty five bucks, price point, dude. A Game Boy Color costs twenty five. Sure, but it's the convenience of oh, it's with my it's with my my nice screen on my. Uh, you know what I mean? If they do it so that like you can put effects on it or save states the same way you did with the Retron Five, if they make it compatible with Game Boy Advance games as well, you know what I mean? In one slot, I'm just saying like that. But I, I mean, this you're right. com- to me, this comes down to what's the price point? If this thing is any more than twenty five bucks, you know, go 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 screw. But if this is like 15, 20 bucks, which I don't see why it wouldn't have to cost more than that. I mean, they already have the technology from the Retron Five, from the Dude, you know, from the Game here's Boy. Here's why slot. it's going to be more than twenty five because they said the hyper because they said the Retron Five was going to be a hundred, and then they said it was going to be a hundred and forty at launch, and then they made it a hundred and sixty. Well, it was a hundred forty at launch for a while, but, and then yeah, they raised it, and then they're they're greedy. Um, I just don't see this as being well, something that's going to be at a price point that makes sense for people to buy. Well, just in terms of R&D, they have to do very little R&D because, it's like I said, they're probably going to use the same emulator they use in the Retro yes. 5, the same source code that we don't know where it came from. So that's going to be there. They already have the technology for the for the physical reader. It's just interfacing it, uh, basically just writing the software to interface it with the screen on, on your iPhone. That's it. Yeah. You know, So that's where the cost is going to come from. So... You know, if this is twenty bucks, I I'll say, oh, it's 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 whatever. Um, in terms of Nintendo going after it, uh, what's the pat? When's the patent run out on the Game Boy? Is it run, is it run out or close to it? Well, if it's on the Retron Five and they haven't chased after it, then it's probably fine patent wise. Sure. People have talked about that, and it's like, no, if if, if they've done that with the Retron Five, it's not going to matter with this. Um, but the, but, but, but you, the point about the battery life is a, is a great point, though. Why uh, would you? Why would? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Why? Why, dwin, why waste the battery life on your phone when you can pack a Game Boy Color at the same size? Sure. Um, or an SP, which is tiny, even smaller, and plays all the same games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they really would have to hit a nineteen ninety nine price point for this to even remotely be something that I would consider I, stocking. I think that would have to be the price point. I, th- I think if you hit that price point, you would sell some of these. Um, I don't know about the latency that would would occur. They'd have to figure that out between the interface and the hitting the buttons. You know, it's just I, ho- I, hopefully that wouldn't wear on your phone after a while. Hitting, I guess. It, I guess the phones are sturdy. Hitting, you know what I mean? They'd have to put the the virtual buttons underneath, and you sure. hit them. that. I'm sure they'll figure that out. Um, I just. It's fine. I just don't. I don't know what we'll to wait and see for now. I feel like it was a cute April Fool's joke that they never. Because here's the thing: when people say when when you put out an April Fool's joke and people say, "Please give me that," they're not actually speaking with their mind or their wallet. They're like, "Oh, that's funny, and that would be kind of cool," but that that's by no means a barometer of well, how well it's going to sell. Actually, this article says a smart boy has it's will have a built-in battery that can be charged by the phone, and with the six plus. Gameplay is said to last for five hours. So this has to be in development, because how the hell do they know that? Yeah, I mean... They, they, it, this this has to be in development. I okay, just, so then, okay. So the smart boy has a built-in battery that can be charged by the phone. No, then you still have to worry about the power for the phone to charge the smart boy, though. Yes, yes, because because that's what I'm yeah. saying. As, as I read that, and I could be reading it wrong, the phone is basically charging the smart boy, which means you're still well, losing battery. Either, well, well, having a bright... But having your screen on for five hours straight or a couple hours anyway is going to drain it like anything. Yeah. If you have a six, the good news is that 
the six improves the battery life tremendously versus the five and the four. The five and the four, I'd say this would be dead on arrival because you probably wouldn't be able to play a game more than like half hour or forty five minutes before the thing was dead. Sure. On the on the run, uh, six at least you can you can you can have a go. It says six plus. Oh. It, Oh, it's only going to be six plus at first. If that's the case, then yeah. there's not a huge, huge amount of six pluses out there compared to the six and other phones. Six plus is gigantic. It's like the game Samsung Galaxy. The thing is like a mini iPad, basically. It's huge. I don't know. My my, my last word on it comes back to this, and it, I know not all stores are us, but Game Boy Colors are twenty five. Game Boy Pockets are twenty. SPs are what thirty five, forty. About forty, and DMGs. Original DMGs I will give you for free if you buy a couple Game Boy games from me. Oh really? Oh yeah, no, we give away we give away working DMGs if you buy a couple you black and white Game Boys from me. You can't sell them? No, I, I could. I don't want to warranty them. Because okay. if if I, if if, if they end up with dead pixels two months down the line and I don't have another good one in stock, I don't want I, I don't want to deal with that. So it, it's just cost wise, that's really my big concern. I just and then and then it's like People look at this and they think it's convenient until they realize they're still carrying around two fucking pieces to make one piece that they can just go buy. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, we'll see what happens with this smart boy. If it comes out later this year, we, we'll have more to say about more it. More like a dumb boy to me. Oh. Okay. And that's, and that's why Ian's my co-host on the podcast. Anyways. Nintendo had one of their Nintendo Directs. Which is basically their own presentations. They do help them. They do them once per quarter. They do these. And they do more, more than that. I think they just do them as they see fit. As they see fit. I don't watch them. I know everyone says they're really fun to watch, but they always happen they're when well, I'm at work. They're, they're, they're well put together. Yeah, they always happen when I'm at work, so I can't watch them. But I think it's so, kind of whenever they want so to. So first they had a Smash Brothers announcement. Uh, Lucas is coming to Smash. What I like about this is, as a person who is not invested in, in, in Earthbound, uh, I'm just very happy for Earthbound fans who are finally getting um, some stuff that they want in the U.S. And I don't know that I trust Nintendo to actually fucking do this, but, I mean, we've got... I mean, you, I mean everyone saw how quick the, the, the NES Amiibos, I mean, sold. Um, Jesus fuck, I thought we were going to go an entire I, podcast. That's all you. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up. Well, no, it's we've got some Amiibo on there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Lucas, then, will get an Amiibo if he's in Smash. They're going to make right. an Amiibo for everyone. Every fucking game's getting Amiibo yeah. from now until the end of time. So, it, it, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I have no emotional investment in it. I'm just glad that some of my friends are starting to see what they want. Sure, and then I guess Lucas was one of the guys that was in the last game that wasn't Mother in this Mother 3, one. yeah. I mean, I mean he, he was in Brawl, so... Yes, yes. So, I know people are like, oh, why isn't he in here? They're doing it. I don't think they're... Are they charging for Lucas? So, the charge for the DLC seems to be fairly reasonable, um, as Nintendo usually does. Um, basically, I missed... The, the first DLC is Mewtwo. I missed okay. out, I missed out on it because I couldn't get into the fucking Club Nintendo website to register my games. Uh, so instead of free, I thought that, you can't register your games anymore. Uh, uh, well, you could to a certain point, and it was March thirty first was the last day to register. If you had the Wii U version and the three um, DS uh, version, you got Mewtwo for free. Oh. Um, so Mewtwo is going to actually be two ninety nine DLC, which is one hundred percent reasonable for a brand new fighter in a, in, in, in a game. Um, Lucas is going to be four ninety nine. Didn't we? Didn't they first say that we weren't going to do this for fighters? Um, they said no, not exactly. Sakurai said that he didn't really want to do it, but because he had 
promised Mewtwo, he would do Mewtwo. I think for Lucas, I think it's just fan demand. Honestly, and that one is that going to be a totally different than Ness, or just is it just a no? It's he's completely he plays totally different than Ness. He's he actually. I mean, I always liked playing it as him in Brawl. I just never picked him because I have no connection to the series because fucking Nintendo doesn't bring any of that shit over here. And the other announcement, which I thought was April Fool's at first, but it wasn't. You could they're taking for whatever they're going to do with it. You can vote for a character you want in another game to be in Smash Brothers in the future. And we'll see what happens with that. There's no, I guess, I guess somewhere in the time in the fall they'll probably announce maybe who wins. I don't know, but at that point it, it'll be, I guess, they'll have to pay the company for the rights to do it, or else maybe the company like, hey, well, hey, no, put a put a person in the game for free. You know, it it could just very well be a Nintendo character, and I'm not, I would not be surprised if they just picked a Nintendo character, for instance. And this is going to lead into something else we're talking about. Um, I think the Inklings from Splatoon are a perfect choice for um, for Smash. Because you can leave a trail of ink behind, you can dodge into it, you can move around, you've got mobility moves, you've got a gun. I mean, you can make a really interesting Smash per- character out of an inkling. Perfect to market the game as well. Yeah, so you know, I mean, a- that's what I would like to see. But I, I think, though, there if, if, say, if enough people voted for, say, like Shovel Knight, I mean, they can get the, the rights almost for free, just for the free advertising oh, that sure. developers get from it. They put them in the game, they charge $2 and $3 and sell a ton it, of them. It, it would be like Snake in uh, Smash Brothers Brawl. I mean, I'm, I have a feeling, and it's... I, I have a feeling the people at Yacht Club Games who did Shovel Knight would be like, you want to fucking put Shovel Knight in yeah, Smash? take him. Take him. Thank you. Yeah. That's an honor. You know, I mean, that would be an honor to a lot of companies. Um, but... Yeah, so I don't know if, if it's going to be Nintendo IP or if it's going to be like an indie game that's well known that's going to be more than happy to have the character in there. We know we know who deserves to be in. Oh, well, Danny character. Sullivan. Yes. So, so I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no denying that. <laughs> it, so, took, it took me even even me operating slower than I normally do. It only took me about 15 seconds to figure out. So that it should be Danny Sullivan out there in the audience. Go to the link. Vote for Danny Sullivan. Sullivan. <laughs> the game is Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat. Make it happen. Our voices shall be heard. We can get him in the top ten. We can do it. Um, I guess, well, we know Splatoon is coming out. And it looks pretty cool. I mean, what else can you say about that? They're going to have Splatoon Amiibos. Oh, I can't wait for Splatoon. I'm so excited for Splatoon. Nintendo shooter. I think it's a cool idea. I think it's innovative. Shooter, but it's like everyone keeps wanting to call it Nintendo's Call of Duty or Nintendo's Halo. But all shooting an opponent does is incapacitate them for a moment for the larger strategy, which is covering everything in your color of paint. You get no points for shooting. Sure, it's still a strategy to employ, right. but yes. So it, it's a very different it's, type of game. It's like a Nickelodeon-looking game. It's, if it, if it was like Nickelodeon no, You're had saying it. that because the original trailer had an orange ball bouncing around, well, and yeah, now it's no, permanently in your head. Think of a Nickelodeon game show or Nickelodeon doing a game. It would look like that. Either Fair way, enough. it looks fun, and people are excited about this. And people are always like, oh, what's Nintendo's new IP? They're just doing Mario and Zelda games. Yeah, Here no, you go. Fuck you. I've said it, and, and you can... Whoever's listening can go back through all the podcasts... <laughs> I, to, we call this a year ago. To last year ago, yeah. I said Splatoon was the game that I am most looking forward to playing on the Wii U, yeah. and that still stands. And I what cannot wait. For Going it. back to E3 last year when they yeah. first announced it, I was like, "Oh, this looks really cool. It looks awesome. It, it, I think it will sell a lot." This is we're, we're now two years and what four months or 
into the, the Wii U's life, and this is the year where, okay, you're going to have Star Fox, they might have pushed back uh, the Zelda game, but that's still around the corner, so we are here now. Well, here's the fucked up thing. People can still make the argument that there's not a ton of games for the Wii U, and I know the Wii U's been out longer, but um, you're not getting any better bang for your buck out of your PS4, or your Xbox One. And I'm a guy who has a PS4. Well, I mean, because he, he's buy those games for PS3. Yeah, you know, and it's just, I, 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 I very much enjoy the care that Nintendo is putting into these games. And I, and I appreciate that they're, because it, this is, a, Splatoon is a big risk for Nintendo. Because Splatoon is largely online only. Now, there is going to be a single player mode for Splatoon, but the main meat of the game is single, is, is online. You need the gamepad to play the game properly. So it's a gamble for Nintendo to really go all in on it. Like a game like, well, and this is where I guess you can kind of say that. Like a Call of Duty where it, most people are p- buying it only to play the online mode. Sure. Not the single But player. this is mostly, from what I understand, this is going to be heavily, it's a team game. Yeah, it's not just you know a death match you are around and shoot people like you. No. If, it sounds like if you don't have if you go against a team that's decent and you don't have your shit together, you're not going to get far. No, so because- in terms of tactics, the tactics will will be. Uh, just as good, if not greater, than a quote-unquote military first-person shooter. And what I love about it is, you know, I think about it, and I think about all the problems with first-person shooters, like boom, headshot, hack controllers, yeah. and shit like that. That doesn't so much matter in a no. game where you have to coat an area in paint. Like, you still... It doesn't matter if you're shooting faster. You still have to coat an... You still, it, 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 it's tagging. You, they'll, you, they'll, they'll come out with the mods for the Wii U controller so you can shoot faster. Yeah, I mean, but, but, but even that is, is minimal. You know, this this is a game that I'm hoping, yeah, fingers crossed, this isn't is, a, is not going to fall prey to hackers. This isn't as much a Twitch game. Right. This isn't me playing Unreal Tournament and some asshole blowing my head up with a lightning gun mm. at a moment's notice. You know, it's not as, as, as frustrating as that. You still got to be good. And know how to aim and know how to react, but it's not just you're dead, right. and that's it. So for that, I like it. What do you think about? Do you care at all about Mario Kart adding a 200 CC mode? Yeah, I do. Um, I actually love playing on 150 CC. I only play on 150 CC. So do I. I think it's the perfect speed in that. I do. If if, if you play the game a little bit in practice, 150 it isn't too quick, but it isn't too. It's that sweet spot where it's still challenging. If you don't, if if your racer isn't the right, you know, you can still screw up if you're not careful. Listen. 200. That could be a little bit overboard for me personally, but I can see why people would want it. But someone like me who like really enjoys like games like Wipeout and plays them on like the fastest you know difficulty settings. And granted, these days I suck at them. But I mean, it's really you have to close your eyes and just do it by muscle memory. It's something that I think could be a lot of fun, especially if they include it for free. Um, that's a biggie. I don't think I don't think you should you should have to pay for something that's literally them saying oh upping the speed and oh, I don't, up the speed twenty five percent or whatever. And 20%. I don't think Nintendo's going to. I think it'll be just in a normal update, like when we uh, just like how Smash got the more um, more eight player levels. You know, I think that's something that they're just going to give us. And I may dial it back down to one fifty cc, but I'm going to be really excited to try two hundred cc on some of those tracks. Sure, I still haven't bought the DLC for Mario Kart. Can you I get the, can really I, fucking need to? Can I get the combo deal still? Or is that gone? For, to, get, to get both? Uh, you for, might still be able to get the combo deal. You just won't get the bonus Yoshi Shy Guy color. Oh no! Um, and even if you can't get the combo deal, dude, you're not paying more than I think fifteen bucks for like sixteen more but tracks. I wanted to be Shy Guy. Well, you can still be shy guy, just as normal colored shy guy. The other big announcement was um, 
I, I, I was not aware that this was not there about the N64 and DS games coming to uh, the, the virtual Excuse console. Me. Yeah, um, so for N64, um, that's, it, that's sort of a, well, it's about damn time sort of thing. Um, the DS games, though, is that's that's perfect. And it's how I've always kind of looked at the Wii U. It was Nintendo looking at the success of their portable dual-screen systems, like the 3DS and the DS, and being like, how can we make this work for a console? And they managed to do it. Um, and they managed to do it in mostly boring ways, but those boring ways are what I liked most about the DS. Give me my inventory, give me my my menu options, give me all that crap on my gamepad, and let me look at my TV while I'm playing the game. So, obviously, this is going to work really well for most, not all DS games. Any DS game that was silly enough to um, try to make one screen out of the two, this is not going to work for. Uh, but it's going to work for a lot of the RPGs and stuff like that, so I think that's going to be very interesting. What else they're doing is, um, if you bought um, N64 games on the Wii uh, Virtual Console... In the past. In the past. And actually, uh, my friend, uh, once again, it was it was Caitlin who told me, if you if you even now, if you have coins and you cash them in for an N64 game on Club Nintendo before Club Nintendo goes away, uh-huh. and you have to go and download it through the Wii menu... But then you can go and just pay two dollars to get it transferred over. So what they're doing is—is is, is that per game though? That's a little rough. Ah, uh, it's rough, but it's better than what they've been doing. I'm not giving them a free pass on that, um, but it's too. Mm. Let, let, let's look at it this way: if I'm just looking at it from the coin standpoint, you want Mario 64, you have the coins, you need to use them within a month. You get Mario 64 for two bucks. Well, we're way past the point where they, they should have just. Integrated the infrastructure between the Wii and Wii U shops. We were way past that. Well, point. But to charge, but to charge two dollars per game. How about you charge like eh, t- some of them were a buck. But how about you just charge a one-time fee of ten? We'll bring all of your fifty or sixty games over, you know, or whatever the hell the deal well, is. Because not per, all, I understand. What not, I, all, not all of it, them are going to transfer. I mean, it rubs me the wrong way, just because it's not like you're. It's not a service that should cost. It's not. It's not a game. It's just okay. There, you press the button, and now it's it's transferred. It's just it's just really cheap. Yeah. It's a, you're, ba- you're basically paying money to move from one hard drive to another. Fair enough. I gotta pay I gotta pay uh, ten bucks to move uh, MP3s from one hard drive to another. I gotta pay a couple bucks. Fair enough. I guess I'm just looking at it from the convenience standpoint of hey, you're I have paying this, for convenience. Yeah, I have this fake. No, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of I have this fake currency to blow before it becomes worthless, and that's gonna let me get a Nintendo 64 game for two dollars. I look. I'm I, looking, I, I, I understand. I'm looking at it more as From you don't case, have any currency anymore. Yes. You just want to be able to play 64 that you paid ten bucks for five six years ago, and just be able to play in Wii U without no, that, that, without the, without the yeah. hassle of going into the virtual Wii on you know what I mean on the console. I agree. That's a, that's kind of annoying, and that is a pain in the ass. Like I said, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to give Nintendo a free pass on it. Um, but there are ways to game the system now if you can while you can. Sure. So who else has not been giving Nintendo a free pass lately? Uh, someone named Angry Joe. Um, I haven't watched him until this week. And this was all over. Polygon, GameSpot, yeah. Kotaku. This was like almost, I guess, quote-unquote mainstream uh, gaming news. YouTubers don't generally tend to be on my radar. Um, but yeah, this guy, I watched both of his videos. Um, his original rant against Nintendo and his current rant against Nintendo. 
Here's where I stand on this. Well, first of all, what, what, did, what, what, did, Joe, what did Joe say well, in this well, video? Well, let's, let's, let's focus on what actually happened first. Angry Joe... Who's been doing YouTube videos now for probably six years. Yeah. He started with that guy with the glasses, broke off, was on Blistered Thumbs, ran Blistered Thumbs, um, and has, uh, I guess, a couple million YouTube subscribers. He does reviews. Two mil. He does his angry, angry reviews, which I think come out still almost once a week. That's edgy. That's book. edgy, by the way. Another angry reviewer. That's that's pretty edgy. That's, um, that's how he's marketed. Um, yeah. Anyways, so he he did a let's play of Mario Party Ten, and it got flagged for Nintendo for copyright. Once he put it on YouTube. Yep. Nintendo didn't pull it down. He pulled it down because he couldn't fucking monetize it. The poor baby. Um. I'm going to come out and say this now. Nintendo's YouTube practices are utter fucking bullshit. Yes. And I want everyone I want everyone to very clearly listen to me when I say that Nintendo's online practices are fucking bullshit. They they are they're archaic and yes, they're not they're not doing themselves any favors. However, uh this angry Joe guy uh has been around the block a few times. Uh he knows what to expect. He actually did a video months prior talking about how Nintendo's online policies yeah. were crap. Yeah. Um, I don't like someone who feels like they need to go out and pick a fight. Because here's the thing. He's not actually surprised that Nintendo pulled this video down. It's a stunt. Yes, it's a stunt. Uh, it is because, um, well, first off, we, we, yes, we know it's bullshit, and we also know that it's with Nintendo's legal right to claim these for copyright. And right. even Joe, and I, and even I, Joe would probably admit it is within no, he did. Nintendo's he right. He did, and, 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 and on that on that level, I agree with Joe. Like I said, it is bullshit. It is what Nintendo's doing is bullshit. I just think the way well, he went about it is fucking crap. Well, yeah. Well, 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 he, well, he Joe's not dumb. He knows the exposure he got from his face plastered all over these major gaming news sites is worth more than any revenue he could have got from from by the which by the way I mean yet he's the whining video, the, about Nintendo and saying thank me for the exposure okay. I gave you well yeah at, at, at this point it's like I, I don't think him playing or not playing Mario Party 10 is going to result in that many more buys no either he way thinks though, so he thinks so but it's but, not but either either way he knew. That this was going to happen. Yeah. Obviously. He knew. He's not stupid. That's my he big He spoke problem. about it before. Um, and I was going to say, any ad revenue he would have made, this trumps the exposure he's getting from this video uh, is worth more than, than the hundreds of dollars he would have got yeah. from from uh, from doing uh, the Let's Play video up there. And by the way, he can still have the video. When a video is claimed, yeah. that's not a copyright strike. You can still have the video viewable. You're just not making any money off right. it. Right. He could have left that up. And his thing that he kept whining about, there's a couple of things he kept whining about. One of them was that... Uh, you know, uh, Nintendo wants uh, people to pay for the shared experience. It's like, dude, you don't cover Nintendo stuff that frequently. Your fucking Wii U was bought for you by fans, even though you said in your second video that it wasn't. Oh, you wait. said you bought it. Is that true? Oh, yeah. He said he bought it, but in his first video, he said his fans bought it for him. Okay. So, so he's lying somewhere in there. Well, okay. So, so if he's being disingenuous about that for any reason, then... Okay, so what he's saying then is that I cannot 
Well, first of all, I think it's strange to to justify the fact that this. I did watch the video, and he, one of his biggest problems in the video was that he claimed that he spent whether or not let's let's say he did buy the Wii U from someone. Let's just say that for the sure. for this all argument, right. for the sake of argument, he bought his Wii U. He bought the games. He said he he said he spent about nine hundred dollars on Nintendo products, which would be the Wii U, buying a few games. Buying, How do you spend? No, buying four buying four Wii emotes, which. Uh, buying four Wiimotes, uh, and, and I guess, and then I guess the I guess the nunchucks, which I guess a, if you're spending more than, than fifteen dollars for a Wiimote and nunchuck at this point, I don't know where you're getting it from. If, if, you, anyway. if you bought a bundle, you spent three hundred on it plus another two hundred on controllers, which is what he claimed. That's five hundred dollars, not nine. The point is this. Whatever. The the point is this. When you buy a game system, when you buy games. Your, at least in theory, your primary reason for spending that money is for entertainment. Your secondary reason, if you're a YouTuber, yes, you can make money off YouTube videos. That should be secondary. It is part of your business, but like we said before, it's not like Joe didn't know this was going to happen. No, he knew so exactly what would happen. If, even if he spent money, if he spent $900 on his Wii U, on the games... On the Wiimotes, even if he still spent the $900, his argument is still utter bullshit at that point. Yes. It, it still is. So so this is what I'm going to say, is that he, he picked a fight. Yes, he's got an exposure for it. Yes, that was that was smart. But just be honest about it, though. That's my only, my only, my only real concern is you want to try to market yourself to get attention. I don't have a problem trying to get attention. Just be honest about what you're doing. This and, goes and, back to a previous conversation we had. Just be fucking honest about what you're doing, and that's fine. But don't be disingenuous to your fans, and don't fucking lie. My other big problem with it is at the end of the... The last half of that video is him crying and complaining about how Nintendo fanboys are going to give Nintendo a free pass. You know what you did? You insulted every single one of your viewers who was a Nintendo fan. Because, I gotta tell you, I'm a Nintendo fan... And I'm not going to speak for Pat, but I think Pat's a Nintendo fan. And you know what? We've taken Nintendo to task. We've taken EA to task, just like you said. We've taken Ubisoft to task. We've taken every fucking yeah. company to task. Yeah. So shove it up your ass. Yeah. We we we've we've we we have not. The only thing I, I defended we've defended Nintendo's legal right to do this, and it is their right to do it. It's still shitty. We're not saying it's not shitty. We're not saying that they they shouldn't up update with the times. It's Nintendo probably Japan culture that doesn't realize or doesn't know what's going. On, we've talked about their culture before about being rigid and being slow to move. Well, I but... just made too many games really uncomfortable. <laughs> which way? Which games you made uncomfortable? I just made too many games really uncomfortable. Oh, you mean the event? Yeah. Is Joe going to be there? I, I I thought he was on the list. Oh, okay. So uh, that that aside, our appearances at too many games in in late June. If we're still going to be invited to any events, <laughs> if I'm still going to be invited to the Camarava, which I think Joe <laughs> Joe attends. Um, yeah, just be honest about it and. and at the end of the day, I don't want to bring this up, but it's not like if, even if Joe, even if he spent eight hundred dollars again, if he argument that he did, we're not arguing whether or not he bought this stuff himself. If he spent eight hundred dollars, I know enough about YouTube revenue to know that Joe is probably making easily six figures a year doing YouTube stuff. Easily, we're not talking. I'm not going to. I'm not going to bring up brand deals that he could be. He, the brand deals are sometimes worth twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollars for a single brand deal what? to play to play a, a single shitty mobile game or game. I'm not even going to bring that up. I'm just talking about YouTube revenue alone, six figures. Now hold on, bro. I'm not angry. Let me just state this. Uh, if he's, <laughs> I mean, 
Here's the thing. Even though Nintendo's fucking things are ass-backwards, if he just sucked it up and covered Nintendo games more frequently, he would gain more followers who would watch, and he would gain more money from other ad revenue on his channel. Well, there's always the option. There are guys like um, like ProJared who do, do cover Nintendo stuff more, and I think being that they have a relationship built up with Nintendo, they have an in that I think would allow them... Uh, you know the, the wheels are already oiled that they can. Oh, you get mean these being nice to people gets you nice things sometimes. Potentially, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm saying um, there are ways around this. That until we can complain all we want about Nintendo, but until they change their ways, this is the reality you have yes. to face. And I'm not and sure. And you knew that. And I'm not sure. Um, you can say hell if next week Nintendo says, "Oh, because of Angry Joe, we changed our policies." Well, then Angry Joe was right to taking this approach. I, I just don't see it happening personally. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see a big change happening like this because it's not, Nintendo's not hard up for the exposure. No, yeah. and that's the thing. You know, I, that's the that's the thing. I'm just gonna make a fucking. <laughs> if you're new, if you're an angry Joe fan or new to the podcast, Ian likes to use the phrase "that's a th- the, the thing." That, a that's lot. the thing. Um, <laughs> I I forgot what I was gonna say now because we sidetracked ourselves with that. <laughs> It's it, it it doesn't matter. I mean, th- th- there's not much more you can say about it. I mean, I applaud the fact that Joe's gotten a ton of attention doing this, but again, he knew this was going to happen. Don't be shocked and awed that if it happened before Nintendo, and you knew this was their policy, that it happened again. Yeah, that's he, all. My last words would be, congratulations, your publicity stunt worked, and it got you a lot of attention. Now go back to fucking playing games, and stop pretending like you, you're so surprised that Nintendo actually laid a copyright claim on you. Go go back to doing what you're doing. You're done. Well, this is going to be awkward if I see Joe again at a convention this year. Yeah, I'm probably... Yeah. So, uh, speaking of, of... There's no good segue for this. Uh, this is, I guess, the danger of having servers being uh, connected to new games. Oh, and having... okay, yeah. God, <laughs> so... This was, this was supposed to be my lead-in, but I was just too... <laughs> Busy being angry at people who have lots of money who whine about not making more money. Um, it's capitalism, you. Yeah. Mm, capitalism, I did a let's play, let them pay me. Um, so, this is truly shitty. Uh, and it's a shame because I like 2K sports games. I do. I think they make good games. Alternative I, to EA that yep, we need. Yep. I really enjoyed their football games uh, when they were allowed to make them back in 2005. <laughs> When they were allowed yeah, to have a license just, before Monopoly right. took over. Um, and and their basketball games have always been very, very good. Now, I'm a college basketball fan, so I don't buy the NBA titles, but I have watched numerous roommates, numerous friends, co-workers get horribly sucked into these 2K games, these NBA 2K games, because they're good, right? And for a while, 2K seemed like a good guy. Good gal. Good person. Good, good, alter- comp- good alternative. Good, good company. The, the gal next door. Right. Um, and they were providing better games. Problematically, uh, they decided 1.5 years after a game was released to make it fucking irrelevant. And they dropped the online network for it. They shut down the servers, which probably weren't costing them that much money to begin and with. how old is this game? 1.5 years, like I just said. Now, the problem is, is your my career and your my player status, which is what people pour hours, 70, 100, 150 weeks. hours in, <laughs> weeks, months, even over a year. Because, hey, 
2K is not going to fuck me in the face. I'm going to get to play this game for a little bit longer than than than, Matt, than EA would perhaps let me. Um, they shut down the servers even after promising people that it wouldn't affect their online saves. And oh, whoops, it did. And uh, everyone's my career. Everyone's every, everyone's my career. Everyone's my player is gone. Was there an alternative way to say these besides it being on the server? Um, you could do offline saves, but why would you do that when it's a game that's based that many people play online? Now, it, I understand that okay, you should be smart and you should back up your your save, right? I don't even know if it offers that. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if there's a one or the other option, or if or or if you could back up. But when a company and in the we shouldn't be so trusting, but when a company no. tells you that this is not going to affect your saves. It's going to placate the masses that are playing your game, and they're not going okay. to worry about their saves. Here's a timeline. On March 2nd, a 2K sports representative told Polygon on Monday that online files will not disappear, but rather they will turn into offline saves and, and earn skill points as opposed to uh, a VC, which I'm not sure what VC stands for. Uh, on March 6th, users are reporting that they no, have no access to my career or my MGM files created online and are being sent a form email from 2K Support saying that those careers have been retired, in quotes, along with the servers, despite 2K Sports claims otherwise. And then on April 7th, in response to vehement user outrage over the server shutdowns and the lo- loss of career programs, 2K Sports has restored the servers for, for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One editions and promised that all games in the future will get at least 18 to 27 months of online support. Right. But the problem is, is that does not restore... The lost files, from what I understand. Those are gone. Because if you keep reading, if you read the other articles, it's still just a bunch of blue blah, 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 apologies from, um, you know, fake apologies from 2K people. Just because the online networks have been restored does not mean that those career modes and those my player modes were not wiped when they dropped the servers. Holy shit. They didn't have a backup ready to go. They, they, did they? Did 2K not realize that some people would be really fucking pissed well, at this? Well, I mean, I'm not saying that it's healthy, but my old, old roommate, like, from years ago, you maybe remember him. I mean, not that it matters to anyone listening, but Mike used to play that game every fucking night. Your career, I, your my player mode spans ten seasons. Ten. There's stories. I mean, you look around on on how this has affected people. There were people who were like halfway through their tenth season, season, like ready to retire and see the end of the game, and they can't now. Oh, is that how you see the true ending? Well, I, 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 but no, there's I, probably something like I'm that. I'm just though. saying, end of the game is as in true game versus season right, mode. Because you follow the player for ten that, years because that's how it goes. For instance, WWE 2K uh, 15, for instance, it's after 15 years. Your career is over. Sure. So people want to see the end of their career. You get to put someone over, or you get to uh, put, go retire. over them, and you get to choose how you want to retire, sure. and you probably get some ending. And I'm sure the same thing happens in the the, the NBA games. And and so these people who spent, I mean, a year of their lives playing a game that they spent sixty bucks on day one well, are getting fucked. Well, they got no. The the point was, I mean, they. There was no backup made, just in case they. Well, they said, "Oh, this won't affect it." They should have made a backup. They should have at least warned players, "Hey," or, or provided a way to make it an offline save, something that this wouldn't wipe it out. But then, I guess, the, just the non-foresight to realize that people would be pissed at this. It's the worst public relations possible because it's not like this is a game that's five years old. Like, okay, five-year-old game. 
Okay. I hate to say, so, I'm pretty sure EA actually gives most of their games at least two years of support, not 1.5. I would say even two. I would say minimum no, three, three for a sports game. Come on. Especially, it's, come on, yes. Because people know how to make trades. People know how to yeah. adjust rosters. People know, don't want to drop $60 on the same game you're feeding them every I, yeah, year. I, I know that that's how they make their their money yeah. in EA and these other franchises is to put out a game every year. But not everyone is in a position to spend 60 bucks a year on four different franchises if they like football and baseball and basketball and, and say, a FIFA game or something else. They're not in a position to always do that. Um, so, wow, this is bad, 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 bad for, for uh, 2K sports. No, it's horribly bad karma, and it, it like I said, it does make me sad because they make very good games. But to and they're do, an alternative. But to do this to your fans is inexcusable. It's just fucked. I mean, like you said, especially if they said that it's not going to affect uh, your save files, then make a backup so you can ensure that it's not going to affect their save files. How how difficult would it have been to make a backup just in case? Not. All right. So Okay, fine, whatever. I'm angry. Now let's talk about something slightly different. So Five Nights at Freddy's is taking the, the world by storm in terms of gameplay. You know, you're 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 a security guard at like a Chuck E. Cheese style, you know, restaurant. Supposedly, you have these haunted, you know, the haunted animatronic animals that come out and, and might might want to kill you. It's a really cool game. Um, it's based largely on jump scares and learning patterns. Um, the first one, at least. I have the second one. Haven't played it. I have not played the third one. I know they're different, so please don't fucking flame me. Um, but the first one is pretty cool. I suck at it, but you learn these patterns. And it is a world that I gotta give the guy credit. It's it's interesting. Um, and from what I've heard from people who have played through the second and the third one, the backstory gets more and more interesting. It's not it's it's not a case where he's run out of ideas. The the person who's or, or, or she uh, who's made this is is really kind of created a backstory and a back lore to these living animatronic characters who will eat your face. Um, so. <laughs> Warner Brothers, I believe it is, yes, has purchased the movie rights to Five Nights at Freddy's. And here's the... I'm so split on this, because... I burped. Um, because I suck at Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm not good at the game. Um, I can't figure out the patterns... Uh, as a matter of fact, I gotta admit, as much as I love the aesthetic and the idea, at least in the first game, I don't feel like it's much of a game at all. But I like what it's going for, and I would love to see that. Except for the fact that video game movies just never seem to get it right. Because you have to add so much more to something to make it a movie, and I think what Five Nights at Freddy's really, um where it really benefits is, is, is the lack of extra stuff. It, it, it's the unknown yeah, that really makes you wonder. You're sitting in a room. You're yeah. pointing, clicking on monitors. You're and, terrified. And closing yeah. doors and turning on lights and shit. That's yeah. what you're doing. So obviously you can't have that as a movie. So what could a movie potentially be? A movie could be like Night at the Museum where a guy's trapped, running around, uh, getting away from these things. It's, it's horror with some comedy mixed in. Maybe you had a couple more people. Maybe one or two get killed. You know, maybe do it like a dark comedy. That it could be a possibility. It could, ex- yeah, it could do that same exact thing that you said. Only it could um, explore. Like I said, I'm not too familiar with it, but I know that there's a large backstory with Freddy Fazbear and all the characters. You can explore that. I mean, it's doable, but 
fuck people. Let's be sometimes, honest. sometimes video games be- like my favorite video game. One of my favorite video games of all time is Killer Seven, and that has lots of exposition. And you know what? You can't do it as a movie. Video games the, just don't make good movies. The only successful, um, or actually, the only ones that have actually come out have been based upon popular games. Like, I mean popular mainstream games. Even if you talk about the disasters that were Double Dragon. Popular mainstream games that have so much back lore or are so vague in what they do, like Tomb Raider. Tomb where, Raider. Where, where really, I mean, all you can do, all you need to do for Tomb Raider is put Angelina Jolie in a Tomb Raider suit. And Indiana be like, Jones. And, and we're doing Indiana Jones. Yes. And it works. And that's why it was successful and that's why they had two movies. Mortal Kombat had a couple movies. Mortal Kombat saved the you. first one was fantastic. Why? Because they got a good soundtrack. They got a bunch of good the, fighters. They made Bloodsport for the nineties. The whole point was even you can say Super Mario Bros. was a disaster in terms of execution, but the only reason that it could, could have been made is because it was a popular franchise, right? In the mainstream, this is not a popular game in the mainstream. This is still sort of a very much a cult classic. It's a cult niche game. So I will go on record as saying there is ten to one odds that this will even ever get made. You oh know, no, it actually I ever just, come I out. Just, I mean. We've talked before when we talk movies and rights purchasing that that does not mean a movie is getting no, made. No, they bought the rights for it. And I highly doubt that this will ever get. Because when this comes out, no one's going to know it's based on a pound of video game. And even if it was, people would be like, who cares? You can't sell it that this is a video game to the mainstream. I would, and I wanted to say that though, I would almost bank on that being its one strong point, is that if they did make a movie about it, almost no one in the mainstream would know that it was based on a video game. So, if they did happen to have a good script, they could get get away with it, even though it might piss off fans of the actual series, the people who have no idea, it could still be a good script. They might just think, oh, this is like a humorous takeoff on uh, Chuck E. Cheese. There's not a whole lot humorous about Five Nights at Freddy's, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying in their head, it's a dark, twisted version, or... At least on the East Coast, Razzmatazz, which was our version of Chuck E. Cheese. We had Chuck E. Cheese, too, but Razzmatazz. Or Major Magics. Do you remember guess, Major Magics? No, we had Razzmatazz. Oh, uh, we had Major Magics. Okay. Right. Well, the animatronic was the rage. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, it was. So, uh, all right, we'll have to talk about it, even though I don't want can to. Can we just fucking blow through it? Okay. WrestleMania. This is what I, I, let, me, let, let me just blow through my thoughts real quick, and you can blow through yours. Uh, I Wrestle- watched two matches. Well, that's I watched a lot more. WrestleMania uh, this year was a much better show than it had any right to be. Uh, that does not make it a good show. Because the build-up was fucking abysmal. It yeah. was abysmal. What I think WrestleMania succeeded in doing this year was setting up a lot of potentially good things. But yes. the, but that And like I said, the show is better than I expected, but that does not make it a great show. This was a WrestleMania that, yes, it wasn't the payoff show, which usually it is to the end of the year. Yeah. It was the jumping-off point for the future. And a lot of that is because Brock Lesnar resigned a week before. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of the reason why. Um so basically, I watched two matches. I'll go over the first one first. I think they got totally right, which was the main event, which was Lesnar uh, destroying Reigns, much in a similar way he did to Cena at SummerSlam, which is w- the proper booking, because there's no way that Reigns could do better in a match than Cena hey, at this point. Hey, comments oh, section. I really enjoyed Brock Lesnar in that match. He fi- he finally Ian finally sees the right, and he did five different types of suplexes. <laughs> he did a fisherman suplex and threw him clear across the right. ring. He no. did a belly to belly. He did a back suplex. Lesnar finally <laughs> he showed you what he fi- no. I've seen what Lesnar can do in the past. He finally showed me that he can do it in the present. Okay, 
but he showed you that monster persona, the suplex city no, bitch, I, I, stuff I, like that. He, I, I still don't think he makes a great heel, but he does make an entertaining wrestler in the a, ring now. He's a credible killer in the sure, ring. Sure, fine. He's a credible okay. killer. Yeah, we can write um, that. We can write that off. It was. Uh, it was it's still a controversy. We'll just say okay. So Lesnar beats the hell out of Reigns. He gets more offense, and he gets. Excuse me. Reigns gets less off- offense, and then than Cena did for most of the match at SummerSlam. Uh, outside the ring, there's uh, Lesnar gets busted open, really brutal blade job. Plus, he got busted open the hard way by Reigns punching him a few times on the lip and the cheek. That was potato shots, basically, which means you were getting hit for real. Right. Um, but you, outside- don't, you don't see dudes blade anymore. There is controversy that some people say they can see it being slipped into uh, into uh, into the hand to give to to give to Lesnar. Really? Other people are saying it was the hard way because there hasn't been a real blade job in a long time in WWE. There's no, that's that's what I'm. I so know it was a big blade job. And, and if you're gonna bl- if 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 you're, if you're gonna not blade and only do it once every couple of years, that was, that was the perfect the spot to do it, yes. because Lesnar was wobbly, blood all over his face. Uh, Reigns does three Superman punches, does a spear. Reigns still kicks out. Uh, excuse me, Lesnar kicks out from the spear, and here comes Seth Rollins, which you kind of knew this was always the option. Hell, it's been like nine months since he won the freaking money in the bank. It was the only fucking option that anyone really wanted. I mean, we all kind of wanted Brock to win, but we I think everyone really... If it was just Brock and Reigns, everyone wanted Brock to win, which is yes. funny, because because Brock resigning changed a lot of people's... Changes the whole... Changes everything. It changes a lot of people's opinions on Brock, including mine. And I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I, I can admit but, when I'm when I'm wrong. But but uh, Ro- we we knew Rollins was gonna have a part. Yes. Um. So the good news is that the those at WWE realized that Reigns winning would have been a disaster. From from the, the three months from uh, Royal Rumble to now, they realized that that this this guy's not ready. I'm not saying he'll be ready at SummerSlam, Survivor Series, or next year's WrestleMania. He ain't ready now. No. No one wanted him to win. If he won. It would have been shit thrown in the ring, probably. Like it could have potentially like literally been feces. Like it would have been like no. well, it would have been like WCW when they would throw their shit. Yeah, uh, no, but, I. Literally... But they were, but they were cheering, <laughs> but they were cheering Lesnar beating the shit out of Reigns for most of the match. Yeah. There was not many cheers at all for Reigns. Nope. Reigns has got either booze or apathy, which are both are bad for a guy you're pushing as your face. Apathy is worse. But he's got a mix of apathy yeah. with the women cheering Reigns because he looks like a stud. Even, That's basically what it's been. Even X-Pac booze are better than apathy. <laughs> X-Pac heat? Yeah. yeah, X-Pac heat is better than apathy because apathy just means that no one gives a fuck about And that means you. no, no, no one buying your products. Yeah. yeah so, so Rollins comes in to cheers, curb stomps both of them, and then, importantly, great booking again, Pins the non-champ, yep. which gives Lesnar, besides an automatic rematch, gives him the protects Lesnar, saying, "I never got beaten. Yep. I want to come back." And then they do the next best best thing, whether or not it's because of the contract. They suspend him on Raw to get him out of the picture for a while, which is the smartest thing to do because that lets him go to the wait. Back they store. suspended him on Raw uh, storyline wise. Who uh, Lesnar? Why he went fucking ballistic, and the crowd was cheering it. He, okay, so I didn't see the okay. Raw. So basically, so basically. Lesnar's now, he's officially a tweener if he wasn't before, right. but now he's officially a tweener. He comes out, ready to beat the shit out of out of uh, Rollins. He wants his rematch tonight. Heyman's there, and the fans love Heyman, because Heyman's one of the best. Because ever. Heyman's amazing. So, he's officially a tweener now. He was kind in it before, now Lesnar's officially a tweener. Which means out there, he's neither face nor heel, he's a little bit of both. So, Rollins comes out and says, oh yeah, I'll face you. No, I changed my mind. and runs away. Lesnar tries to uh, suplex him, of course, because Rollins is very athletic, lands on his feet, runs out, runs to the crowd, 
He beats the fuck <clears throat> out of J&J Security, which I loved him in yeah. that role. Overturns the table, storyline-wise, causes a great injury to Booker T. That's and then, right, I heard and that. Then, and then uh, JBL has to get emergency surgery with the storyline. And then he, he does something that was, I guess, to shock, because he fucking took Cole, threw him in the ring, F5 Cole. Okay, I did hear about which this. Which was yeah, brutal looking. It. it was actually brutal looking. And then the other thing, which I think this was cool, he did that, he grabs a cameraman. And then that's when Stephanie comes out and says, "Enough! You're going. If you do that, you can't do it. He's a civilian, which is good. They're actually they never really did that before, attacking the cameraman like that. Right? You know that. So tax the cameraman. You're suspended indefinitely. Get out of my ring, which makes total sense. You would do that. Yeah. Um. So and then so now Lesnar's out of the picture. Who knows how long? But Lesnar. See, but now Lesnar still has a claim to the title for when he comes back in a couple of months, two or three months. <laughs> and it gives you a chance for uh, Orton to fight him. And a chance for a Reigns rematch. It gives you more opportunities without Lesnar coming back. Sure, I just, I, I, dude, he's only thirty fucking seven. If you're gonna resign for that's old for a pro wrestler. No, it's not. Not for wear and tear. It is. I know he was gone for five years or so, but he was doing UFC stuff too. It's not like he he was doing NFL stuff. That's that's my only beef. Like I'm glad he's committed to pro wrestling. Yeah. I'm just pissed that he's still wrestling like a part timer. But that's his decision, and they want to sign him. And he's a he's a huge draw. They like it or not, when he wrestles, people want to watch it. Well, that's I'm, what it I'm still, the I'm, whole point is. Now you have so many directions you can go, and what we predicted came through with both Cena. At least I, I knew Cena was going to win, and then Daniel Bryan. They already had great matches with, with Ambrose on Raw, and then you had Bryan defending and, and beating Ziggler. All of a sudden, now these are going to be the fighting titles that are going to be defended. I'm happy that we have fighting titles again. I hope they keep it up. I'm glad Bryan won it. That was actually a decent match for a fucking clusterfuck. I mean, it really was, but it was a Ladder decent... matches with eight people or yeah, whatever, it, always it, like it that. Was, yeah. But it was I didn't decent. want it, I didn't see it. But I'm glad that they're trying to bring more, especially the IC title, because I love the IC title. I am disappointed that John Cena got the U.S. title. I, 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 Rusev is the better wrestler, and when is WWE going to pull their penis out of Cena's mouth and just let him fucking go? Well, he he got it destroyed at SummerSlam. He, he, oh, yeah, and then he gets everything he fucking wants afterwards. I, I, I like putting the, the title on Cena to defend it. I, I do. I think it's a, it's the right move right now to I do think, for both. I, I guess we just be, like different be, things in wrestling because I would love to see a heel defend the U.S. title for a long well, time. Well, Rusev just did that for like eight months or, I, or seven months, whatever it's been. Fair enough. He just did that. But I, but Cena coming out and saying this is the U.S. title, it'll be defended, it's prestigious, that does more than Rusev beating up Jack Swagger every week. Which is what, you know what I mean? does a lot more for it. And Brian doing the same thing with the IC belt. What about that plucky upstart? Good thing they gave him the rub by winning that Andre the Giant Battle Royal, that plucky upstart uh, big show. That was a great decision. That was great. That was great having that was him having fantastic. him be you know, having him be, you know, second last year and first this year. That, that's fantastic. You know, Kenta, you know, got beat in that <laughs> and that that was fantastic. Let's let's let Big or, Show win or, the armbar. Or or Sandow getting huge cheers as as Miz Dow, you know. Oh whatever. That's it's gonna be, I guess, worthless every year because with Cesaro they did absolutely nothing with it. They they, they capitalized yeah, on his they, win doing They've nothing. already they've already proved that it's not worth anything. Anything. And now we'll get to the the bigger disappointment was the Sting Triple H match. And I know a lot of you out there are going to say, "Oh, nostalgia value! It was awesome seeing DX with the uh, NWO." That would have been fine if that's how they built the match and marketed it as. 
a battle of NWO right. versus DX. They this built is... this match as WCW's icon coming to take down the totalitarian regime of Triple H, H and teaching him a lesson. And this was my problem. The match itself, for the few moments they got to wrestle... For the nine minutes they gave him to wrestle. Was actually not bad. Sting looked good. Sting looked Drop good. Drop kicks to look pretty good. And Triple H, I think I like Triple H more the <laughs> yeah. older he gets. Um, but, he, I mean, this is the fucked up part. And it was just a payoff for spectacle. And, and, and honestly, the, the longer it goes on, the more and more I hate it. Um, you have... DX come out for Triple H, right? That makes sense. That okay, makes that, sense. That makes sense. Makes sense. But then you have the NWO come out for fucking Sting. Sting, who never identified with the NWO, well, other than the Wolfpack, which was garbage. Which but, was garbage. But that was the face side of it. Yeah, not he, the he, black and he white. never was friendly with Hogan ever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that wasn't a thing that for a year was it was it a year and, and three months he was assaulting the NWO, hitting Nash and Hall with baseball yeah. bats. And then winning the title in a in a bad fast count that the fucking referee ruined uh, because he was supposed to do a fast count. Anyway, besides that, it was a great moment. <laughs> it was the peak of WCW in, in, in the late 90s besides Goldberg beating Hogan. Um, but anyway, so they turned what could have been a classic quote-unquote dream match, which on paper it is, even though Triple H isn't anywhere near Sting in terms of legacy. Um, they turned it from yeah. a dream match that if they gave it even 20 minutes had a clean ending, we would have been, okay, this is cool. Thank you for doing that. Into an overbooked match that made no sense thematically, where you had the NWO and DX going at each other. When, when, and they when turned, in reality, they would have been best buddies. And they turned it into a masturbatory, wow, we did this. We do this uh, Monday Night War show on the network, and they made it all about that when that had nothing to do with the build-up ever. Ever. Had nothing to do with the build-up. My only hope is that... Sting and Triple H get a real match at, like, SummerSlam. No, I don't see that. And it was even worse because they had... First of all, I don't care if you say that Triple H won with with the sledgehammer. I knew shit was bad when they announced before the match that it was going to be no DQ. I'm like, wait a minute, where is that coming from? Yeah. I was like, oh, did they change something in the last minute? We've got some run-ins. Yeah, it was never going to be no DQ. It was just going to be a match, right? So then you have run-ins, then you have the sledgehammer. Because you don't, because you don't have to say no DQ for a sledgehammer. He can, you can do a sledgehammer secretly when the, yeah, when the, the reps yeah. not turn. I mean, I mean, we've been watching wrestling for a while, and so have our viewers. I mean, we all yes. know that that can be done in a non-DQ match. When they announce non-DQ, you gotta have to go. Weapons. What the fuck are they playing? Run-ins and weapons. Yeah. So, so, so you have Triple H win, not cleanly. Use a sledgehammer, whatever. Um, shakes his hand, which makes no sense. Mutual respect. What makes it worse though is that well, they they, they didn't even address oh it. Oh my uh, god, I forgot about the fucking handshake. They that didn't, part set me off. That was douche chills, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. you're good enough to be in the room, me sting. It's like no, you're you should be honored, <laughs> Triple H. That you're with one of yeah. the best ever. You know what I mean? So. So then on Raw, they don't really address it. After Raw, Sting comes out to do an exclusive interview where he basically says, I don't know what's in store for Sting. Whatever the WWE wants to throw at me, then of course the entire crowd chants Undertaker because they want to see Undertaker. But the problem is, it won't matter now, but if they had Sting win his could-be-only match, it would have been a lot more pushed towards that Undertaker match next year. Because now it's going to be like, well, you lost Triple H. Well, it gives you the right to, to fight Undertaker. But unless, hey, unless Undertaker challenges Sting. Hey, but hey, I don't want to talk about the match because uh, we got to get through this before Q&A because I have drink a lot of water now because of my medicine. But I do want to say, Bray, Undertaker, just made me so goddamn happy because Undertaker looked healthy. I mean, tell, looked, me, tell looked, me you saw that. I watched a little bit of that. I'm sorry. I, I don't like people seeing... I, I don't like seeing people look sick or unhealthy. And last year against Brock, 
Undertaker looked sickly and unhealthy. He didn't look in shape. Either I don't know if it was a medical thing, but he didn't look. He looked a little bit better, mus- musculature. A little he didn't more look tall. in shape, but he no, also he looked sick. He looked pale. He he had more muscle. He had a bigger this year. Yeah. This year, he actually looked really good, and I was happy to see. You know, he was never my favorite wrestler, but I really liked him. I, it was just nice to see him in good physical fitness, like like right. like he had cared. You know, got flies this week around me. How about AJ Lee retiring? We uh, kind of saw this coming with her Divas Diva of the Year speech uh, that she won the award, and then um, people knew this was coming. It wasn't a shock, my, especially especially with the lawsuit that that WWE is not conducting themselves, but helping the um, the, the 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 defamation lawsuit coming from the doctor that CM Punk claims misdiagnosed his his staff infection. I think everyone knew that at some point. AJ Lee's marriage to CM Punk was going to make things difficult for AJ Lee. Um, it's sad because beyond Paige, and I always forget to include Paige, and it's not because she's not good, it's because she's an NXT wrestler. I remember her coming up through NXT. But your WWE Divas division has Paige and AJ Lee as the best wrestlers. And Natalia. Char- oh, and Natalia. I fucking love Natalia. And Charlotte. And Naomi is, is pretty good. Uh, Naomi. Yeah, from the funk, the funk, the one with the the booty. Oh, uh, I don't know. She's she's good. Um, but, she's but, decent. And, and Charlotte Flair is really good when she gets more into it. But you're losing you're losing one of your main draws for your your divas division in WWE. Well, she at was the only point, decent one on the mic for the most part. Paige was pretty good. But at this point, they should just say fuck it. Take the NXT division and the women's divi- the divas division from uh, WWE and mix them and. At this point, I'm sorry, I can't hold it anymore. Okay. <laughs> well, well, it's a good thing we're not doing it live. Yeah. Smooth cut here. Yeah. Smooth transition from Ian's bathroom break. So, yeah, AJ Lee, um, she lived her dream. She she wrestled in WWE for, what was it, roughly five years? I would say at least. Five years in WWE. And because she was, she was in there before I got back into it. She was definitely there. She did the whole thing with Dolph Ziggler and then Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. And then she was, remember, she was a general manager in Raw for like six, seven months, which yep. was good. People love her character. She's not the stereotypical uh, bleach uh, blonde bimbo diva that we've seen for the past 15 years. She was different from New Jersey. Thumbs up. And she loved the business. There's that video, the famous video of her online meeting Lita like 13 years ago and like crying when she's like young, like yeah, crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she loves the business. Yeah, Lita was awesome. Um, I I think Lita was a little overrated, but she, Lita at least was different. She was, but let's that's a whole other skill wise. Well, no, I'm just saying skill wise, you can say that, but at the that point in time, no one really put in the effort to try to make a match look good like Lita. Sure, and they weren't doing like you know dives off the turnbuckles. Yeah, the females weren't doing that. So anyway, AJ Lee, uh, you know, she's gonna be enjoy her time with with CM Punk, and then who knows? I think she already has a book deal in place. Good. I, I mean, I hope she enjoys the rest of her life. I, it's just sad to see. I thought she was cute as a button. That doesn't mean any. What? Well, yes, she was. But the the thing is, is it's just the women's women's wrestling in the U.S. is getting to the point where people are starting to take it seriously. I know you don't watch NXT. You should because. The, the the crowd looks forward to the women's matches almost well, as much, if not more, than they look forward to the men's matches well, because it's important that's because old. it's good. Um, but that only matters if they put that on Raw. They need the to move it. Yes. They need to move it. And, up. and I, there's rumors that they might want to try to go for, for a more serious 
angle versus just building it off of that bullshit reality show, which is garbage. Yeah, no, so, don't do not do that. I, I will be interested again when they have absolutely no storylines from that dumb show, weave into it, and do absolutely separate storylines uh, for the women. I'll take it seriously. All right, Q&A time on the CU podcast. Uh, I, this is what do you believe? What do you believe is the most graphically intensive NES, Super Nintendo, and Sega games? Um, I mean, I can't necessarily say what's most intensive. I can for the NES. I think Rekka. Um, Rekka from uh, Summer Carnival 92. That's Famicom, though. It it doesn't fucking matter. It's the same hardware. Is is the most graphically intensive. As far as SNES goes, um, Yoshi's Island pushed that system further. Had a chip, though, but yeah. Yeah, it had a chip, but it doesn't matter. It still pushed that system really far. Anything with a chip is okay. almost, you know, going to push it. If you're going to say no chip, the problem is I'm going to say something early, like ActRaiser. Or even, like, yeah. it's not everyone's favorite, but, like, ActRaiser 2. Like, those are beautiful, big sprite games with, I mean, gorgeous-looking water yeah. animations and stuff like that. The, ch- the chips is almost... It's hard when you put the chips in all the games, like the Mega Man X game, it's hard to... Or or, or or Street Fighter Alpha. Um, it, Alpha was a mess. Alpha can't ever possibly fucking count on the Super Nintendo. But I'm saying, when you have the chips, though, it, it, you can do more with it, so I don't know if you would call it cheating or not. You know sure. what I mean? Kind of like the Castlevania 3 had the chips, so they can do different effects and stuff. Genesis, I really liked that. I thought Bloodlines looked really great on the Genesis. That has no chip. Um, the Genesis games have chips in them, besides the Virtual Racing? Virtual Racer does, and I think... Actually, that was the only one that I was thinking of in my head. Balls 3D? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> um, um, but I also thought Sparkster looked really good. It, it's tough because graphically intensive doesn't always mean what appeals to you most. Yeah, like like Bonk's Adventure looks fantastic on the NES. It's not too, too far. You don't think so? I don't think it looks too far behind the TurboGrafx one. I really hate the Bonk's Adventure port for the NES, but that's my own problem. I guess so, but I'm talking about graphically, though. It's pretty damn impressive it's with the okay. NES. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, Super Nintendo, uh, top of my head. I don't. I, I can't even think. Neither, now. Let, let's be no. But you can use that as an excuse. But let's both be honest. Neither you nor I give two fucks about the Super Nintendo. Not. I try. Well, I try I like so it. hard. I try so hard, but, but I can't. I'm not gonna. In my head, I can't come through the library like I could the NES and, and search out. If I had game. a Super Famicom and I could get into the plethora of shooters in more interesting platformers, I'd probably like it more. But the U.S. Super Nintendo library does nothing for me, especially with its prices. Uh, at that ass is my boss. Do you think that newer 8-bit and 16-bit retro-inspired games rely too much on nostalgia and not enough on new ideas? I think largely, yes, but the really good ones are really good because they're they're great games. Um, two that I'll just pull out of my ass, uh, Axiom Verge and uh, Shovel Knight uh, get by 100% on their gameplay. Uh, there's nostalgia involved, I'm sure. People like the look of it, they like the difficulty or the way that the game is structured. But Axiom Verge is an amazing Metroid clone and, uh, you know, Shovel Knight is a beautiful mixture of games like Mega Man and Zelda 2 and DuckTales. And those games aren't leaning on the graphics at all. They're probably leaning on the fact that, hey, we have a great idea and we can program this, but 8-bit graphics are going to be easier for us to do. Sure. Well, that 16-bit 
eight-bit halfway yeah. point that they try to go right. for. Right, you know, pick, I mean, I, I, and, and that's not to insult pixel artists at all. Oh, no. But it's just to say, instead of learning how to uh, do these uh, these high-end 3D graphics, it, they can do this 2D stuff. And I hate to say it, I think it's more challenging to, to, to come up with interesting gameplay for a 2D game versus something that's 3D. Why do you hate to say that? That's perfectly fine. That's, but, that's, a, that's, a, that's a perfectly valid statement. You're more limited in terms of perspective, you're more more limited what you can usually interact with. So, I, I mean, uh, of course, nostalgia is going to get you there. So, I think I'm more impressed by these games that, you know, like, like uh, you know, like something like Super Meat Boy on, on paper. It's like, okay, you just got to get from one end to the other, but it, but it's how you do that. But it's a great game. Yeah, uh, and it's because the levels are ten second bites, so that every time you die, you don't feel like turning off the system. You feel like trying again. Sure. Now, I understand what you're saying, Chris. Um, there are a lot of games out there that do advertise themselves, like literally with their icons and the download shops or whatever, you know, with 8-bit graphics, and they're trying to get you based on that 8-bit nostalgia. But I think... I would I would, I would think a lot of our listeners are smart enough to um, kind of investigate that and see what's worth playing and what's not. This is from at Joshua Risner 76 P and I, <laughs> strangest stuff written on used games, boxes, manual systems, etc. On your hunts, mostly games. Um, a lot of stickers, a lot of like stickers that saying like this game belongs to you know whoever. Sometimes I guess there are Nintendo ones that said that, but I've had I've had names carved in with like a knife or a screwdriver before. I've had that. I've had yeah. uh, Hollywood Video used to brand their games with a literal hot brand. What? Yeah. I've had I've had a lot of uh, cartridge games coming from Hollywood Video with a hot brand melted into the back. I've had full names on. Um, I've been tempted to look up some of these kids twenty years later and say, "What's was you know, hey?" Because usually when you find them, they're like five or ten of the same kids' game. That's their whole collection. You know, it's just fascinating. I do want to put this out there though, because I kind of want this person to randomly hear this and contact me because I want to talk to them. Um, it's still happening to this day. But for about two years, many NES cards that I pulled from our library had Textbone written on the back of them. Many? Many. Like... Dozens and dozens? Like, more than you could possibly count. Like, probably 40 to 50 different games. Textbone? T-X-B-O-N-E. And... It's not that weird because tons of people wrote their names on games. But what was weird to me was that someone sold this collection to us and we never noticed this. And and, and so, like, every time someone asks me for a game and I go and I pull it, I'm like, I bet you this is a Textbone game. It is a Textbone game. And it's like, who the fuck is Textbone? Who the fuck is Textbone? How many games? Like, 40 games talking? I'm literally, I'm literally talking, like, 40 to 50 games. So, wow, that's a pretty big, big... Kids so collection. it must have, it must have been a big collection. I must have not been there for it. Text boom. T X B O N E. T X B O N E. I probably wasn't there for it, but like it makes me laugh every time I pull a game out and it says text bone right on the back of it. I'm like, who the fuck is text bone? Who are you? Interesting fella. Yeah. This is from Adam Jacobs ninety four. Who were your celebrity crushes when you were kids? Ian. Uh, I have one big one. And uh, I don't know if people will know who she is at this point. Um, her name was Letitia Casta, and she was a model. Yes, I remember. 
if she was a plus size model, well, what they considered plus size at the at, at, at the time. I'm not gonna lie, I like bigger. We're talking late nineties. I like bigger girls. Late nineties, early two thousand, middle, middle, like 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 ninety five to ninety seven. That sounds very familiar. And uh, sorry to spill it. I like larger ladies. They're pretty to me, and I had a massive crush on Letitia Casta. And how old were you? I was probably fifteen. And every time a Victoria's Secret catalog came in the mail, it wasn't like I was looking through it. And I am kind of a perv. I remember her face. I am kind of a perv. Um, But it wasn't like I was looking through that just so I could see her in her skivvies. I just wanted to see pictures of her because she was fucking beautiful. She's considered plus size? Well, she, at the time, dude, we're talking. At the time, we're talking. She doesn't. No. She, I, yes, I know she's not, but she's at not. the time she, she's that thin. was she actually looks a little thin. Mid nineties, that was considered plus size. Okay, so I'm going to go back a little bit earlier. I'm going to go back to I loved Tiffany. Oh, loved, I loved her red hair. I loved her denim jacket. I loved. I loved <laughs> Tiffany. That's fine. I mean, I was I was young. I wasn't even like you know in puberty yet. Right. And I loved Tiffany. Loved her voice. Love that. Didn't didn't she was she on a full house episode? Yeah, I was believe it? she was oh, actually. God, I love Tiffany. She was definitely so, on an episode of something. So we're talking about a girl that when she was like fifteen, she used to open actually actually new kids used to open for Tiffany. And then they switched because new kids got more popular. Then she would open for new kids, I think originally we're talking about late eighties. Um so then what happened was Tiffany grew up in the loss of innocence. And then Tiffany appeared in Playboy, I guess in her late twenties or early thirties. And I, I looked I looked at the pictures. I, I wanted to, but I, but something I guess it, it's sort of like sort of like the Jay Giles band song, you know, a- Angel is a centerfold. It's like you almost you almost didn't want to see her naked in Playboy. It was almost like you almost didn't want to because it was almost like Jesus. It's sure, like, you know, it was almost like what, mixed emotions in your head to see Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany and Playboy. You know who else I had a crush on, and I still kind of do, even though she's well, actually she's sixty something now, but I mean, well into her fifties. Um, well, actually, right now there are people who are expecting me probably to say Elvira, and I, I do. Think oh no, I, I actually like Elvira too. I, when I, was I, I have a very, very, very big crush on Elvira, um, but uh, Cindy Lauper, she got prettier and prettier as she got older. I, she, I, I mean, everyone else loved her. I was like, yeah, she's. I never had that infatuation. Everyone else had with Cindy Lauper. You're a dick. Never, I didn't. I'm just being honest. It just never did it for me. I don't know. I mean, it was the mole. I don't know. How I mean, no, no, seriously. Like, I mean, uh, she's like sixty now, and she is starting to look. Is older. she sixty? Yes. She's not like fifty. She was thirty-one when she put out. Um, she can't be that old, really. My, no, my fucking medication. Um, no, when she put out uh, her first album. God fucking damn it! She I thought you said Cindy Crawford. You said Cindy Lauper. Lauper. I thought you said Cindy Crawford. No, Cindy La- <laughs> Cindy Lauper was thirty something when she put out her first album. Oh, she's old. Yeah, she's like six. I thought you meant Cindy but, Crawford. Okay, but well into her fifties, she was, and even in her sixties, like she's eight. She she's just a beautiful woman. Joan Jett still looks amazing. She's sixty. She looks like, I like she's like music. forty. Anyway, whatever. This is a weird topic. Continue. That's not, that's not no, too it's weird. Not, it's not a weird topic, but I mean, we've. Uh, I, we, I, I, I thought you. I thought you. We've, we, we've already expressed our love for old women. Well, so uh, okay. Josh, well, actually, well, actually, Tiffany's probably. Well, I know Tiffany would probably be like fifty by now too, or forty something. Oh well. All right, um, Oliver. Hi, Oliver. Fox Hounder. 
10, 10, 14. Why, Why do, do movies based on based on video games seem to fail? You, you seem to usually fail. Um, here's my reason for it. Um, even though video games have a story, and some video games have fantastic stories, you're still writing a good portion of that story in your head. Yes, and, you're experiencing yourself at your own pace. Right, exactly. And you you can't rely even even if you were to give it to the best writer or director, you cannot expect them to write the story that you wrote for yourself. Yeah, so the pacing is all in your own head and how you play, especially for a game like everyone says, oh, what was the Bioshock movie? You know, it's like, well, they could do one, but then it's going to disappoint someone because it's not going to be either as nuanced as they, they like or maybe too nuanced. Do you know what I mean? Like, where do you fall on that side of the coin? It's not like a book where everyone reads the same exact words right. and experiences the same thing for the most part in a book. Uh, in a video game, you can do whatever you want. Side quests in a game that maybe other people don't do. Maybe, oh, I want that character included. And the person said, no, that character is bullshit. I mean, it's just... There's too much up in the air. Now, the ones that have worked, surprisingly, have been the ones, like we said, Mortal Kombat, which... There's a story, but it's very bare bones. Right. You can kind of go See, in your own direction. Mortal Kombat story is a bunch of dudes in cool costumes fighting. So you remake yes. Bloodsport it's with Blood a bunch Sport. of exactly. cool dudes in costumes it's Blood fighting. Sport. Yes. Um, Tomb Raider is Indiana Jones with a chick finding relics. And yeah. all you have to do is remake an Indiana Jones movie with a chick finding relics. Um, it, it's, it's the ones with the most broadest topics that you can actually do in movie form. Anything that you love or hold dear in video games is going to make a fucking horrible movie because you love it and you hold it dear because of the story and, like I said earlier, the story that you've written for yourself in between the blanks. Yeah, so people were like, oh, people, I mean, hell, there was a petition saying we don't want a Netflix Zelda series. They were afraid, they'd, they'd, they're afraid of it screwing with their image of the I didn't game. Want one. I, don't even, I don't even like Zelda that much, but I just think that's a bad idea and it was actually proven to not be an idea. Well, Nintendo just said at this point we have no plans, but who knows? Yeah. Wink, wink. You know, maybe a year from now they announce it. It'd be a ton of money for them. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, so I don't think they usually fail. I mean, what, what's been the last one that's come out? Dragon Ball Z? There's been a Legend si- of Chun-Li? No, there's been a Silent Hill movie. Or, not Silent Hill. There was, uh... Do we even count the the, the freaking... Well, the Resident Evil ones. Oh, Res- there, there, there had been a um, Silent Hill movie. There had been a, a sequel. But- I think... I think a sequel to Silent Hill was the most recent. And the Resident Evil movies at this point have taken on a whole yeah. storyline of their own. You can't even say they fail. They, all, they make enough money to have yeah. five of them. They make, they make They're great, making another one. They make great money. My parents fucking adore them, and they'll <laughs> go see every single one. Because it's not Resident Evil anymore. It's just it's just a name. Sure. Um, Freddy D. Are video games making kids stay indoors more often than before? Seems like kids don't play outside as much. Yeah, I have an opinion case. that is similar to Pat's, um, and I'll let Pat really flesh that out, but um, I don't think it's video games. And I'll say this. When I was growing up in my neighborhood, we had Nintendos, and then we had Super Nintendos, and we had Genesis Systems, and all of our parents threw us the fuck outside when yes. they got sick of us sitting inside and playing video games. What is killing people now is I hate to say it, bad parents who don't care about their kids because they can't see them because their kids are locked in their bedroom on the internet. That is part of it. There's also, I think, overprotective parenting I'll get into a little bit. Um, the fact of the matter is, yes, we've, I played video games every day. But every day in the fall, you know what I also did? I played street hockey. Yeah. 
every day after school. I didn't even like hockey, and I played street hockey because that's we, just what you fucking did. We played. You might laugh at it in the summer. Street tennis. We yep. did play that. Well, I don't we know. Played, I never played street tennis. We played wiffle ball. It was but, basically always street hockey whatever. Or, or wiffle ball. Whatever. Yeah. We, we played wiffle ball. Sure. The whole point is we 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 got time in for everything. Yeah. And I was still a chubby kid. I wasn't in shape svelte Pat. I was still cute, chubby little Pat. Um, so, like... The whole point was that we partitioned the time, and yeah, our parents would say, go outside, go play. I would go ride my bike. At nine years old, I'd ride my bike to the next town, 12 blocks away, and go play in the park with my friend Kevin. Nowadays, uh, parents, for whatever reason, um, I think are a little protective to allow kids to go out without their supervision. That's a whole other generational thing. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole conversation. But nowadays, uh, you can you might get arrested if you find out your kid rode his own bike to the next town. Like other parents, be like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that with your kid. Get the parents in trouble." That's one aspect. Other aspect is, it might be afraid of being kidnapped. I don't know. But yes, the computer and the iPhone, and now we sound old, are now the new parent. Yeah. Instead of interacting with your child, instead of going outside with your child and playing catch with your child, take an iPhone. Go to your room and go on your computer for the day, and that's your interaction for the day. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. I'm not even saying my parents were the best at interacting with me, but I, but I do know that not interacting with your kids uh, you know, and spending time with them is not the best. Sure. Besides not getting exercise. Child obesity is a huge issue in this country, and that, and that is not... That did, I mean, it uh, was I mean, not I, as big as an issue as was when we were, and we still had video games. The whole point is, we still had video games too, and it wasn't as huge a deal. You're right, we still had video games, and and when I'd ask for a ride to to my friend's house, you know, eight blocks away, my parents would be like, "You can walk that," and I'd fucking go walk yeah. it, you know. Um, so yeah, Andrew Buffenmeyer, have we seen the end of True Sierra Lucas Art style adventure gaming? I think this is a really weird question to be asking right now. What with the resurgence of Telltale Games making adventure games? What with the re-release of Grim Fandango on PS4 and Vita? With the re-release of Leisure Suit Larry? Um, If anything, I think we have probably seen... And it's not a renaissance yet. We haven't seen a whole... we We haven't seen anything new and unique that's made us stop and go, Wow, holy shit. New King's Quest? Right. But I think we can get there. I, I, I don't. Well, I don't think we're at the end. I think there's we're, still an audience. That's yeah, the point. Still, right. it, we're not gonna. It's not gonna be where uh, point-and-click adventure games were one of the biggest genres again. That'll probably never happen again. No. Where for 15 years it was, at least on computers, it was the biggest genre. Uh, but there's still gonna be an audience there. And even if a, a huge company doesn't come out with one, there's enough fans to get Leisure Suit Larry remade. There's gonna be enough fans to do if, if they freaking. Did a, a Kickstarter for Space Quest and get funded in three days? You know, like that would still happen. Yeah. So would. I would, I would want that game. So it's, it's, um, it's not the end of it, but um, it's, you know what I mean? It's always going to be around, at least in some small capacity. Yep. This is from Matt Mirror Space. Hey, Mir, Meredith, have you ever cosplayed? Would you like to? And who would you be? I, <laughs> my my uh, my ex wanted me to cosplay. As Kirk uh, at, at Comic Con, I refused just because I didn't think it was right to cosplay as a character I didn't have an affinity to. Right. I didn't want to pretend that I'm a Captain Kirk fan. Nothing wrong with Kirk. No. But but I'm I'm you know what I mean. It's not a character I loved. You know what I mean. Like so, it didn't make any sense to me. I I, I I've considered it, but at the end of the day, I think it's I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if uh, first of all I cosplay as someone no one would care about. 
You know what I mean? Can I pull off Duke Togo? Probably not. I'd probably need too much makeup to try to appear Japanese, so I don't know if that would sure. work. <laughs> you know? um, for me, it's... I don't like dressing up in costume, but I've thought about it, because my wife loves cosplay. And, for instance, she's probably going to go as B from being Puppycat at Comic-Con this year. Um, I would cosplay as Kaito from the Vocaloid series, uh, mainly because I love his coat. I love the fact that he can wear nail polish, and I love the fact that his hair is blue. Um, those are things that I would like to do. Um, I would also love to cosplay as Pete Wisdom um, from the Marvel Universe, um, because I just think he's kind of fucking awesome. Uh, problem is, is for me, as a shaggy, long-haired, bearded person, uh, there's not a lot of cosplay that I can do naturally without drastically changing my hair or my, 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 my facial hair. Um, and there are other people that I would cosplay as. There's always stupid Nintendo characters that I want to cosplay as. Always weird Genesis characters or PC Engine characters that I want to cosplay as. But um, I, I just, like I said, my, my, the current way that I, I present myself does not lend me to, to cosplay. But if I had to choose, it would be Kaito. I definitely, I definitely cosplay as Kaito. All right, that's the end of the Q and A, and we did receive a special gift package. Oh, we did the official CEO podcast uh, PO box, which is mine. Uh, so this is from uh, Alan Thompson at Regular Nintendo. Oh, Alan Thompson! I know where Alan. Th- I like Alan Thompson. Well, he likes us because he sent us a nice gift package. Sweet. Thanks, guys, for the great podcast and happy Easter. Okay, so let's go through what he sent us. All right, let's see. Oh man. So first off, I was complaining that about That looks this. like a lot of candy sticks. Well, I'll get to it. Okay, we'll so get to f- it. First off, get I'm, to it. I'm not promising I'm splitting this 50-50 because I'm going to give you a lot of the other thing. We have a bunch of the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup eggs. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Just give me two and you can keep the rest. How about I give you just, just one? No, here you go. Take two. I just gave you Cadbury eggs, damn it. So there's at least a few in there. And then we got... Holy shit. Oh, good. There's a fourth one. I feel better. Um... I guess we said we like Dum Dums because there are probably... I love, I love Dum Dums. There are literally probably 100 Dum Dums in yes. here, if not 150. I love Dum Dums. So we'll go through these later and, and see what's fair. <laughs> Take some of these. Yes. So we got we got, we got the root beer. Oh. What do we got? We got the mystery. We got, got the mystery. Cherry. So, bubble so gum. Here's the deal with Dum Dums. Uh, they promise, I think, like 48 or 50 flavors per bag. 48? Or 50 flavors per bag or something like oh, that. Oh, cream soda. Yeah. But because not every... Like, oh my god. See, we have like buttered popcorn right here. Uh, I Al- remember that one. It was disgusting. Allie would be very, very jealous of us right now. Oh, there are, uh, Pizza? It says pizza or buttered popcorn. They did a pizza flavor? That's awesome. Mystery, mystery flavor? They, 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 had the, they had the question mark flavor, but not the mystery one. Allison Flanagan, do you listen to this podcast? Because I know you're jealous right now. Oh, man. And what is this? We got lemon lime? I don't remember lemon lime. I've never had lemon lime. We'll go through all these later, and we will catalog. Uh, all the flavors. We will do... I'm not... I'm serious. I'm dead serious. We will do, like, a candy series and catalog these. We will. Give these back to me for now? Yeah, I'm giving you back to... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll deal with this when I get but, back. Oh, what's, 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 well, what's this in the bottom here? There's, there's something else here. Oh, wow. Is it Danny Sullivan? It's something a little bit better. What? And I think I did speak to Alan about... 
I think he wanted you to play this and review this for the podcast. Why, it's DuckTales Remastered <laughs> on the Wii U! Alan, I love you slash hate you. Okay, I will definitely <laughs> play through this and review it for the podcast. I just can't guarantee you that it's going to be a good review. Wow, well, and I, that wasn't set up at all between me and Alan. Well, so. it was not set up between you and I, so you and Alan win. So um, you are going to play that game before the next podcast. <sighs> Alan, okay. You're going you to review win. it for us. I will review it. You promised a year and a I half promise. ago. So you well, I have no excuse now. You, no, you have to. You look bad to the world. I would you look don't. really bad if he, I don't. He was, he was great enough to give us hundreds of dum-dums. and Easter eggs. And I don't even remember the fruit punch pl- flavor, but I'm going to dr- have it after you the don't? podcast. No, I don't think I do. That's... Because you're dumb. The fruit punch flavor is always better. No, but you know why? Because this is the see. I don't. I remember the mystery flavor, but not the pizza one. Do you know? Do you know the mystery flavor? Do you know? Do you know? You told me it's just the leftover it, garbage. It's runoff. But this is new. Bacon yeah. or pizza? That's totally different than that's, the mystery yeah, flavor. Yeah, that's totally different. That's almost too much for me. Well, thank you, Alan. We appreciate thank it. Thank you, Alan. And hey, I will put it out there. If anyone else wants to send us great presents like this, and if they're cool <laughs> enough. Uh, I'll we'll, we'll open them on the podcast, and not just for candy, for other cool stuff. And for uh, a lot of you, this is a pretty good payoff. You all should be thanking Alan right now because now I seriously, one hundred percent, legitimately don't have a reason to give no, you an opinion on Ducktales Remastered. No freaking excuse. No excuse whatsoever. Play it right when you get home. I'm, I have to finish packing when I get home. So that's at uh, <laughs> at, at a regular Nintendo, Alan Thompson. Thanks. You're going to be at the what Midwest. I'm going to be at the Midwest Gaming uh, Midwest Gaming Classic MGC this Saturday. Don't know from what time till what time, but if you see me, I'll have a few very limited button sets on me um, that represent uh, pinball bumper cap art from the 1970s and 80s. And uh, I will be at my house uh, here uh, editing a video, working on a new NES Punk video, or starting to ship out Pat the NES Punk Volume 4 DVDs, which you're listening to this. The sale is over. Thank you for your support. And they'll be out in April and then May for the rest of them and the console and that extra Vectrex I, I finally sold. Got rid of that. And um, for Ian Ferguson... You can't, I, you can't buy me anymore either. The sale's over for me too. It sale's over for what? You can't buy... You weren't a perk. I should have made you a perk. Yeah. I should have put that... I should have put that nurse's outfit clean your just, place. Just, just uh, 50 bucks you get Ian. <laughs> you're cheap. You're a cheap date. Yep. Uh... For Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Conchie. We'll see you in two weeks with Ian have his... Will have his DuckTales remastered. Will have his DuckTales remastered. Will have his DuckTales remastered. I will have my DuckTales remastered review for you. Don't expect positivity, but I'll try. And that's all we ask for. Goodbye, everybody.